chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Guy Bertuzzi. Guy is the publisher of Elevate. Guy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's, I'm excited. And, you know, I, I unfortunately cut off the NV part of that. So it's Elevate Nevada. Now, you have a publishing that's happening in Nevada specifically about cannabis. Tell us a little bit about Elevate. Elevate Nevada was inspired by a trip to Denver about a year ago when I realized most of the magazines that are out there, which do a great job, and I don't want to take it away from them, but they're all appealing to a specific demographic of cannabis users. Nobody was looking to create a health and wellness magazine. So Elevate Nevada is traditionally a health and wellness magazine showing different results of different case studies of people utilizing cannabis for healing or for symptoms to get a better quality of life, some terminal, some not. So basically, this is this is all about like one's health, not necessarily about you know the, for lack of a better term, the more traditional culture that would encompass cannabis. This is more like your person from you know thirty to ninety that wants to get healthy. Yeah, it's not just healthy. It's a lot of it's just trying to move the conversation forward. I wanted to create something. I am a big fan of the cannabis logo, the big pot plant, but I didn't want to utilize that to reach other readers. I wanted to educate readers of cannabis users and also open the door for non-cannabis users that have that stigma that sticks to it, and I wanted to appeal to them. I wanted to be able to sit on somebody's coffee table or carry it with them on a bus. I wanted to create an image of, I guess you could say, healthy living with a touch of some of the social ramifications as well. So, you know, essentially with, with cannabis, I mean, obviously it, it, it has a, a certain stigma that is associated with it regardless. You know, we, we had some – we've had other people on the show and that's, that's actually a topic that we like to touch on, the, uh, the stigma that occurs with use or just advocacy for cannabis. And let me ask, when you published this, did you, did you find any increased stigma associated directly with you? Oh, absolutely. First and foremost, my children go to Catholic school and I became the pot publisher. You know, and it's funny because even at birthday parties for my children, all the parents want to grab me in the corner and talk to me about it like it's still secret. In our upcoming issue, we have a uh, Melissa Etheridge on the cover. And she actually made an amazing comment that I love. She compared it to the LGBT movement and was telling users to come out. And I feel that way that the stigma, everybody looks at me and the basic label, when they hear that I have a marijuana publication or a cannabis publication, they're like, oh, you might be a pothead. And that's, <laughs> you know, it's not what I want to promote because there is CEOs, CFOs of Fortune 500 companies using cannabis. You know, the image which basic media propaganda utilized, the image is Shaggy from Scooby-Doo or somebody from Woodstock in 69. And truth be told, it's executives. It's everyday people. It's upper middle class. It's middle class. It's not just kids going to festivals. 
And if anything, you know, what we're learning from studies now is that less and less kids are going to cannabis at early age, that there's definitely a show of decline, you know, from the Healthy Kids Report, I believe from 2014, that shows a, a bit of a decline with that. And, you know, it's, it's again, you know, speaking out and breaking that stigma that is associated with cannabis. You know, I'm, I'm looking at your, your website right now. Folks, you can find this at elevatenv.com. That's E-L-E-V-A-T-E-N-V.com. It's a beautiful website. Um, yeah, there's a subscribe button in green. Make sure that you click it and check it out. This is probably what is necessary more so than anything else is the, the education and the creating of the conversation. And clearly with this uh, here, you, you help to, you know, kind of bring it home. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot to be said about when you have a, a family member that is suffering and you don't know what to do to ease that suffering. And things like this definitely help, you know, pushing that question forward and making sure that question keeps being pressed. So, Tell me, what made you do this? So, I am a mama's boy from Brooklyn. I was born to a traditional Italian-American family in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, and my mom was my world. About three years ago, my mother had lung cancer, and it came back. She was in remission, and it came back. And the morning she called me, she asked me, well, she told me that the lung cancer came back, and I was brokenhearted, and you could tell she was visibly upset, through the phone, I could, if you knew my mom, she was eccentric, shook, cried, and I loved her. I talked to her every morning to tell her I love her, but that call was the worst. And she's like, I just got to tell you, I'm not going through radiation again. I'm like, why aren't you going through radiation? She said, I, I can't do the sleepless nights. I sit up in a recliner. I'm nauseous. I just don't have the energy to go through it, you know, and I just don't want to do it. She's like, I'm just kind of done. And right off the bat, I'm like, Got the solution. I could get you an appetite. I could help you sleep. I will drive to Florida tonight to make sure you have it. And <laughs> like when I say visibly through a phone, if you knew my mom, you would understand she was visibly upset, like shaking, telling me it's dope. You're absolutely crazy. And to give you an idea, both my parents voted no in Florida, you know, which breaks my heart. They could have gotten that last 2%. <laughs> yeah, but that's all it is. That's all it was. And she was brokenhearted by me suggesting that, and I was brokenhearted that she wasn't willing to listen. You know, she was 73 years old, and everything to her was dope. Heroin, cocaine, crystal meth, they're all the same thing, and she was grouping cannabis with that. And I realized there's a significant demographic out there, I would say baby boomers up, and even some younger, that because of the media propaganda, they think it's bad. They think it is heroin. They think it's you know, they think it's cocaine when it's not, when it works as preventative medicine for adult or recreational users, but it's also healing users. There's studies coming out, and as we all know, it's still a Schedule One, so they can't be fully published, but they're injecting THC and CBD directly into cancer cells, and they're shrinking and sometimes disappearing. And I wanted my mom to know that, but because I mentioned marijuana pot or grass is how she liked to call it, it turned her off completely. And when I realized when I went to that trip in Denver and I saw, which I think they do great jobs, Culture, Dope, The Chronicle, they do great jobs, but they weren't appealing to the mainstream, people that weren't opening their minds. And I wanted to appeal to the people that need that health care, the seniors, the vets, that turn their nose up to it, 
when this could help them and their family get through some of that suffering. So my mom was my inspiration. And the thing that breaks my heart is after my first issue came out up to my fourth issue that comes out on Friday, she didn't get to see it. And I'm finding people her age reaching out to me because I share my mom's story in our first issue. They're reaching out to me and they're opening their minds. Perfect example is our babysitters, grandparents didn't want their granddaughter babysitting for my kids anymore because you know, oh, he produces the pot publication because Robin Leach decided to make some comments in the daily paper about us. Both daily papers covered us, and that's when my name was pretty well known that what I was doing. Then they read the first magazine. Once they read the first magazine, they became my biggest offenders because they're like, wow, it's not just a person in a Baja jacket on the beach. You know, it's everyday people. They drive cars. They have, they get sick, you know. They're they buy houses. That's exactly what I'd like to highlight. You know, I mean, it's the people that consume generally are ones that you potentially would never know that do. You know, Guy, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, folks, State of Cannabis, I'm your host, Dave Inman, Guy Bertuzzi. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's orders. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Guy Bertuzzi. Guy is the publisher of Elevate NV. Guy, we were just talking about a subject matter that it actually rings close to home for myself. I lost my mother to cancer at a very young age. And, you know, I'd like to reflect for a moment that, uh, you know, one of the things that I found was, you know, people were running around saying cannabis can cure cancer. I actually became offended when I first heard it because 
it was like, how dare you say that something so everywhere could actually have done something? And my mom, you know, uh, kind of a unique background for my myself, Catholic as well. My mother had actually been in a nun. She was at the St. John's in Santa Monica, California. I worked in the hospital there. Went up meeting my dad, and apparently he had the power to change a nun to a non-nun. So, you know, pops, <laughs> uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for you. He passed as well from cancer. And, you know, so again, this was something that, you know, what you just said really resonated with something that I'm familiar with. And the fact that it has a tendency to affect, if not simply cancer itself, but to affect the body so you can actually handle uh, some of the treatments that are out there so you don't have those sleepless nights. And, and that's something that I would really love to, to highlight on. And, and if you wouldn't mind, you know, just chime in and tell me your thoughts about this. Oh, I think the quality of life it provides while going through radiation and chemo is amazing. You can't beat it. It helps you sleep. It helps you get an appetite. It's just so basic what it does for you. It amazes me that you could... Uh, prescribe oxycodone to a 14-year-old, but you can't give cannabis to a 65-year-old that's suffering from cancer going through chemo and radiation to help them sleep. Doctors continuously, which is getting better because they're willing to turn a blind eye instead of degrade it, but, you know, the comfort that cannabis can give you, specifically most, and most cancer patients I've worked with, that are going through those, use Indica's. Indica's helping them get their appetite. It's helping them sleep 10 hours. Some of them are saying they're getting better sleep before they even have cancer, during cancer, even before they had it, they didn't have such good sleep. So if nothing else, their time is being better spent with more joy or propensity for joy simply because they don't have the same aches and pains and and potentially, you know, uh, worries. I would definitely say that, you know, for myself at least, you know, the biggest boon that I find cannabis to be would be that it provides space within my mind to reflect an adequate amount of time before I spout my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot. I just made it up right now, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I might it for the magazine. I would love to see that quote. I would love to see it, but it, it's true. You know, I mean, it, it affords just enough of a, of a shoulder to allow, allow things to roll off of. And, you know, while I don't find myself sick, I find myself with benefit of. And, you know, we all have, uh, you, especially you uh, and us in Arizona, we have these initiatives that are coming. I don't know about you, but I'm really, really excited about the possibility of a full rec, you know, full recreation, you know, tax and, and, and legalized system. And, you, you know, know the, Nevada won't even call it recreational. Nevada calls it adult usage. That's kind of funny, believe it or not, <laughs> that Nevada, Sin what City. happens in Nevada stays in Nevada. They won't actually call it recreational. They'll just simply call it adult use. Yeah, so that, question one's called adult usage. That kind of frames perfectly the crux that we have, you know, that... Uh, <laughs> You know, we can be in incredibly conservative states and they'll push the envelope more so than sometimes very, very liberal states. And it's all based on, you know, one thing. It's the perception that people around you have and the stigma. So what do we do to change that? Well, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, we start having these kind of publications that you're pushing out right here, you know, having a classy spin on what cannabis is, you know, not, uh, you know, not 
you know, putting on a, a gas mask and, and going to town in your local park. That's not necessarily what cannabis is about. It, granted, fun. I'm not going to say it's not fun, but certainly not what should be the message for recreation or medical, specifically not medical. I was just watching uh, our campaign executive for our movement on a program on Sunday. And in the background, he's a charming individual. He has, you know, a pedigree that would not be cannabis related. I believe it's actually like a finance background, Um, you know, like asset management, wealth kind of thing. And, you know, he's having a very eloquent discussion about why cannabis should be made legal. And in the background, you know, Fox News decides to have people smoking in the park with gas masks. And it was just, I found it preposterous that, uh, you know, the, the, the media can cheapen such a beautiful message so easily. And it's moving these stigmas, you know. I mean, when we notice this, we got to call them out on that kind of stuff. Like, what are you doing that for? There's no reason for you to put that message out. That's not what the message was being portrayed. And you know what you have here again. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive back into it. You have a you have a new uh, issue coming out in October. You said. Yeah, we have Melissa Etheridge on the cover. She just spoke at the World Cannabis Conference in California. We were blessed to be able to get her because we wanted to do a major focus on breast cancer awareness in October and getting Melissa Etheridge for issues in couldn't be a bigger dream of mine. Having a rock and roll icon speaking about cannabis the way she does and how passionate she is. She was a big in the movement in LGBT and now she's big in the movement of cannabis. She's created her own wine line. I want to say it was Canna wine. I apologize. I don't have the issue in front of me, but she has her own wine line And she even says at the beginning of it, you know, she smoked it here and there. You know, she hung out with David Crosby, which just amazing stories in general. But when she had breast cancer, you know, she utilized it to have that comfort going through chemo and radiation. And she even makes a statement saying if she had to go through it again, she probably wouldn't have even done the chemo or radiation and tried just using strictly cannabis. You know, there's a lot to be said. You know, I've seen, you know, a ton of documentaries and, and you know, just even trials with my mom, you know, about how food is, is also medicine, you know, and just uh, paying attention to the things that we consume on a day-to-day basis. You know, having the base of mind to say, nope, I shouldn't eat that donut. And maybe having a piece of, you know, not that I'm, you know, perfect, mind you, I, I probably uh, 50 or so, but <laughs> you know, there, there's, I'm at the hundred pound mark <laughs> while I'm eating a jelly donut. So, <laughs> but at the, at the same note, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said, you know, you hear about, you know, cancers being fed by, uh, you know, various like oils and sugars and stuff. And then, uh, you know, when you talk about Melissa Etheridge and her message, you know, I mean, if we, if we expand on this, you know, I, I think that we can find, you know, a shade tree that, you know, our health and bodies can, can coexist, you know, where, where we find this happy medium that we could exemplify for everybody else coming forward. And, you know, I think that we're the generation that probably needs to see this happen, you know, whether, uh, you know, we do as we say, nonetheless, the, the message I think needs to be pushed more and more that, uh, you know, it's, it's these simple things that can fix us. Like you said, to see it happen, I feel that we have to make it happen. I still think we're five to eight years away from reducing it from a Schedule 1. I think big businesses such as pharmaceutical companies and tobacco companies, their pockets are so deep that the fight's lasting. But it's people like yourself with your radio and our magazine that's trying to move that message forward and people coming out and speaking about it because it's – 
we do need to move it forward. We need to make this happen. I want my children to live in a world where they don't realize that the thing that daddy uses that's medicine is was illegal, that it was illegal because the paper companies in the 30s were threatened by hemp products. And that exactly, exactly. It, it's, it's, you know, I'm very, I was, I never thought I was on TV a couple of weeks ago speaking about my irritable bowel syndrome and my using cannabis. Never thought I would be on TV, but I was on it. And I have an eight and a five year old and I did it anyway, because if we don't speak up, we're not going to move it forward. You know, if, if we're not passionate, if it's not something that matters, we, we simply shouldn't do anything about it. But if it is something that uh, we care about, we're passionate about, and we like to see change, it's imperative that we all stand up and, and start talking. And And the truth of the matter is, is that we're in the end game, and it's ours to either win or lose. We got to take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, State of Cannabis, I'm your host, Dave Inman, Guy Produzzi with Elevate, and we're going to be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at CarterInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Carter Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, cannabis nurse Heather. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, 
I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Guy Bertuzzi. Uh, Guy, as we had mentioned, is uh, the publisher of Elevate NV magazine. This is actually a publication that gets mailed out. So it's not just an e-zine or a, a digital copy, which you can definitely get digital. But for the folks that like to touch and feel, you get this in your hand. In this publication, you can find it at elevatenv.com. Guy, thanks for coming on the show. So we, we've been talking about a couple of different topics, ranging from you know magazines to Melissa Etheridge to cancer. So you're in Nevada now, and probably one of the freest, I would say, dates uh, in the union. Matter of fact, I want to say last time I was there, it was 8 o'clock in the morning. I was at a trade show for my day-to-day job. There was a gentleman walking across the street with a six-pack in each hand and drinking. You know, So, I mean, this is something that, that I find actually kind of preposterous that it couldn't just be called what it is. So your, your initiative there is called what again? Elevate. Wait. I was going to actually mention you were talking about the two six-packs. I've seen people walk out at nightclubs with white powder all over their nose. You know, it's, not, and, uh, it's not a powdered donut is what you're saying. Yeah, it's not a powdered donut. And for patients, patients are even once we get to adult usage recreational, for them to have the difficulty to get it, it's just asinine. It's absolutely asinine. But I am proud of the state of Nevada because we are trying to create regulations for the rest of the world to make it safe for users. We are trying to create laboratory standards. But with those delays, it's making it very, very hard for patients to get it. And the pricing right now is pretty high, which the patients are incurring those prices right now. There's only currently, as of today, there's only one dispensary open in Las Vegas. Within the next three to four weeks, there should be another half dozen. And but previously, uh, the landscape of Las Vegas for medical use was pretty much you, you grew it yourself, and that was that, right? It was passed in 2001, I believe. You're allowed to grow 12 plants, carry two and a half ounces. And that was that. There was no dispensaries. There was no framework for the future, basically, of if you wanted to use it, you could do it yourself. You could figure out how to make it happen or potentially maybe get from a caregiver, correct? Yes, you get a caregiver. But it's funny because with the laboratories doing their first runs of testing, uh, rumor mill has it, which – I don't want to even say it's rumor mill because I've known for factual. A lot of the product that was from home growers that were being delivered to cultivations had mold, had pesticides, really dangerous, you know, and we've been utilizing it for years and don't get me wrong, but you never think about that when you're actually smoking it. That's why I am very proud of Nevada, of the standards we're trying to create for the country. Well, you know, standards are, are absolutely important. I definitely find regulation paramount. You know, I mean, I've, I've mentioned it before. You know, I mean, everything in, in our society is regulated from the tomatoes we eat to the socks on our feet. Yeah. And it kind of has to be because, you know, if not, then the next thing you know, you're going to have four-year-old kids making the socks for you. So yeah. there, there has to be some kind of regulation. There has to be standards and guidelines. You know, uh, you, you have to have you – know, you walk into a restaurant, you know, you have to have a light bulb that, you know, is covered in, in plastic. So that way if it breaks over whatever you're eating, it didn't get all in your food. You know, I mean we have standards for a reason. And, yeah. you know, the, the fact that, you know, I mean even if you look over at Washington, D.C. and they're, they're honestly what I, I think is the most beautiful thing that could happen if only it could stay. But it's a grow and give. Nobody can sell it. You can have it, yeah. you can give it, and that's it. it. And, you know, I mean, if, if only our society could embrace that type of shift, you know, back to what our roots were. But the, the sad fact is that will never happen. 
you know, uh, that we, we just find ourselves in that, that, that same space where we, we trade a wheel of cheese for a set of gloves that somebody just knitted. Um, well, so I think we're truly going to get there though. I do truly think we're going to get there. If we do it right, we will get there. You know, it's been almost a rite of passage. Most of our life, everybody, I got to tell you the recent poll had, uh, that 44% of all Americans admitted to using marijuana or cannabis. Uh, that sounds I a lot think, higher than the 10% they're claiming. <laughs> well, I think it, when you look at it, all the people that are still afraid to admit it, that gets closer to 70 or 80%. I could tell you, honestly, one out of two people I know constantly use it, let alone one out of two, I would say two out of two have tried it. I'll say that even if it was only 20% of all of the U.S. citizens have actually tried it, that, that constitutes uh, most uh, country sizes. I mean, that's 60 million people that claim that they uh, try it. And, and, and again, I'm with you. I think that the actual uh, number of people is probably much, much higher. You know, they, they, they have things that they have to worry about, you know, whether it's their religious leader, whether it's their bosses, their doctor, their significant others. And it really, what it boils down to is, is figuring out how to beat the stigma that for 80 years has been building and building and building. And what do we do? What do we make changes for to, to fix this, you know? And, you know, I, I dive back into things that you're doing with this, this publication, you know, that, that it's not just, uh, you know, check out this coolest new pipe, check out this or that. It's, this is how you can be better. This is how you can find new solace for yourself, both medical and, and lifestyle. And, and Life- I, I, find this, I find this to be beautiful. Yeah, thank you. And it's true because people relate to other people. And that's how you're going to remove that stigma. When people hear about, you know, a lot of our articles start with, I never thought I would try cannabis. Never in my life. I was so anti it. Then I got cancer. Nothing else was helping. And then I tried it, and now I'm the biggest supporter of it. And that's how we're going to get to people. That's how we're going to let people know. People that have high anxiety or high-strung jobs when they get home, this is better than a glass of wine or a glass of vodka. This is safer. It takes that edge off. It's something that it's preventative medicine for anywhere from diabetes to Alzheimer's. It works as preventative medicine as well. This is healthy for you. One of my favorite things that I've read over the last year when Texas was passing it through and the congressman who's a conservative Christian, conservative Christian comes out and says, God would never make a bad plant. Why can't all their other religious leaders jump on board with that? Because he's right. You know, it, it takes, a, it takes a, a town, and it's going to take all of us to, uh, to chorus uh, so that uh, that sound resonates more and more and louder and louder. And, you know, quite frankly, Guy, we, we need folks like you that are prepped and ready and stalwart champions of this cause to help motivate and move this forward. And, you know, we're, we're actually, we're out of time, Guy. Um, you know, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, so many wonderful, beautiful topics. Got to have you on the show again. Um, thank you. And, and I thank you for having me. And when you're in Vegas, please come visit me. Oh, you know, I can guarantee that's going to happen. So you, uh, you, you, uh, we'll, we'll make sure and exchange information. And, um, I try to go there at least once every two years, but that's probably my limit. <laughs> <laughs> well, living here is not as easy. <laughs> living I, I, here, I should only come once every two years. I, I'm with you there, my friend. I'm with you there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, and, and thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us for this edition of the State of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com. 
iHeartRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Facebook and Google+. Don't forget to like and comment. I'm your host, Dave Inman. We'll talk with you soon. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.